Hello, mortals. We are your Valkyries. Miss Darby. And Miss Charlie. And we are two space babes dodging stranger danger at every turn. Just like you, you nasty girl. We'll be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work, art, and the erotic taboo counterculture we just can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Hello, Miss Darby. Hello. Yes, I'm so happy that we are back recording. I know we've had like a crazy couple of months. I don't know. We were just talking about that. But today I wanted to tell you um, a little tale about something freaky that happened. Mm. And then it brought up all this other freaky stuff that's already happened. And I was like, you know, we should talk about this on the podcast. And I've wanted to tell you about this since it very first happened. But then I was like, no, I have to save it for the show. Yes. First time, authentic reactions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I had this weird thing. Okay, so I was convinced by a friend of mine that like I should make a dancer Instagram that like I just share my schedule with. Like, and that's mm. all it is. And that way, like, I don't have to give people my phone number because mm-hmm. I feel like I've had some instances where like if I give someone my phone number, then because Google is like all seeing and all knowing, all of a sudden they're like coming up as my suggested friend on Facebook or like right. they find my personal art Instagram, which is like, you know, public, like it's open to the public. Um, but still it's like, then they can like find out like events that I'm doing and like see my friends and it's just like weird and find my, who my family is. And Have you ever gotten that where you like get texted and it's like suggested me name, maybe Gary. Have you ever seen that? Like, has it ever yes. done that? On? And you're just like, yes. uh, no, it's, Darby. <laughs> yeah. Well, my phone is number is actually attached to my mom's name. Oh, great. Also so it comes good. up as my as my mom's name and we don't have the same last name. Yeah. So like real last name. So I just like tell people like, oh, it's really weird. Like they'll be like, oh, your real name's this. And I'm like, no, it's really weird. It's like the lady who used to have my phone, like her name. I don't know who that person is. I don't know. That's really Thank funny. God my parents are like not online really. So like <laughs> whatever. Um, but like, so I, I logged into my Instagram. I was like, I posted like very rarely on this Instagram because like, I just don't like doing it. And it was like, not even like really pictures of my face or anything. It was just like, here's like this picture from like the nose down of like me in a dance outfit in the locker room. Like come see me at work. I'm here these days this week. And I like even had people messaging me that were like, you don't really post a lot of content. Like, it'd be nice if you posted more content. And I was just like, no, I don't have time for this. I have barely mm-hmm. time to post on my Instagram where I'm actually trying to like build something. I'm definitely not going to post it fucking here. So I get a text message or not a text, an Instagram message from this girl. And it's got, and I, at first, and it it said like, it was grayed out. It was like, this message might contain sensitive content. Um, click if you want to reveal it because her and I weren't friends on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I totally the first thing I thought was like this girl is probably a bot who's trying to be like let me suck your dick Mm -hmm. you know my name is like Samantha XQR far like FLL smiley face you know what I'm saying Uh and I was like whatever I'm not afraid of of whatever this picture is I click on it well lo and behold it's a screenshot from a Facebook group someone had taken my photo from my Instagram. So they must, so they're on my list of people, I guess that I let follow me, which I don't know who it is because they posted in this group anonymously. And this group is apparently a group of people who talk about whether or not they're dating the same person. So like I could post a picture, like I went out with this guy. I really like him. Is anybody else sleeping with him? Like, is he like, or, or I could say, this is my boyfriend. I just found out that he's been cheating on me the last four years with these girls. And I would post like pictures of the girls that he was cheating with. So that all these people, it's like 
15,000 people or something across the country would mm-hmm. be able to be like, oh, you know, I'll stay away from this person. It's like, it's like, it's like gross that this group even exists. It's also funny because unless it's like in a small town, I don't know how that's helpful. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I 100% agree. I, yeah, like it, it it's You're so like, weird. Has anyone ever met this guy? He's in New York. You know, it just seems really funny. It's so weird. And there are people from like, my hometown in that group, there are people from like where I currently live in that group because you can see the members of the group and there are people from all over the place. Well, so this girl sends me this screenshot. It's basically a picture of me Mm -hmm. from my dancer Instagram that says, does anybody know this stripper? Her name is Darby in quotation marks, trying to find out more information um, about, about her like her real, trying to find her real name, like something like that. And then all the comments, cause then she sent me a, a second screenshot of like, like the comments. And it was like a bunch, it was, I was actually kind of proud for like the girl gang of the world because they were like, if she hasn't given you her real name or any information about her, she must not trust you enough. Like we're not going to help you try to stalk like some random sex worker, like leave her alone. Like you're a creep, like different stuff like that. And he was like, I actually know her very well. Um, I've hired her for escort services and I just want to know what I'm in for. Well, excuse me. Yeah. So super irritated. And I was like freaked out because yeah. it's in some like, so the girl was like, Hey, I just want you to know that this guy's posted about you in this group. And he's like, and like, I just want you to be aware so that you can be like vigilant, more vigilant about your safety. And her and I I'll, chatted for a minute. I'll Cause I wonder how she what? found you. Well, so the screenshot from my Instagram has my Instagram handle in it. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I wondered the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, because I kind of thought maybe this is like a fake account messaging me, being like, let me help you out. And then it's like, they're trying to figure out who I really am. Yeah, like, what's your real name? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah. So, and then she, and then like, she was like, look, I can send you a screenshot of the name of the group and you can look it up and you can join it if you want to, to like see the post yourself. Well, so like I ended up doing that because I was like, fuck, there's like 15,000 people in this group, like whatever. So I went through and I couldn't find it. And I asked her and she was like, I think the moderator might've taken it down because like she takes down anything that's like seen as like creepy or, you know, like whatever. Um, so that was good, but it was like just a super creepy feeling that there's like somebody in the universe who is like trying to figure out like information about me. And like, what if someone had recognized me or was like, Oh, I think her name is this. Or like, I have known her for a long, like someone from the club, someone that lived that I I live with or live around or fucking what if somebody saw that knows me and is like, Oh, Darby's doing like escorting. Right. Like, even if that was like, and there is no shame in any of it, but that's my decision to, if I want to share that with people. Right. And people were saying that in the comments, they're like, why are you outing her? Like, that's fucked up. Like, so I was happy that there were people that were like, and I I was happy someone told me and and the girl was like, yeah, no problem. But it was just so freaky. So I went through my, like, I think I have like 400, like I have like followers on my dancer page. And I just like went through and like deleted like everyone that like I didn't instantly like recognize. I was like, nope, yeah. delete, 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 delete. Because yeah. I mean, it's just so weird. And people that I do know and have known for a really long time, like through dancing or stripping or whatever, they do know my real name eventually. And some of them have come to my art shows and stuff and it's fine. Right. And like we'll have another episode later on about like boundaries and how that can kind of like, you know, bite you in the Lead. ass. But like, yeah. Yeah. Over. But some sometimes it's just hard. Like when you dance in the same place that you live, it's inevitable that you will run into people or you will know someone who knows someone who knows someone. And so, and you will be in the same like place together. And it's just like managing those relationships and like those boundaries and like that. It's just, it's hard. So that was really weird. And I was really upset about it. And then I got over it. Cause I was like, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at like, it's just, it's like, it's not enough that I'm like super concerned, I guess, about like my safety. Cause I also think people are just like curious and nosy. Yeah. 
And so maybe it's like he just wanted, I'm assuming it's a guy, that he just wanted to just see randomly if somebody knew. I, I don't know. Well, it's just there's weird. There's also like this like weird obsession with knowing what your real name is in general. It's like the fact that that you are keeping something from customers like with your identity is like always like such a topic you know when you meet people they always want to know oh well what do you really do and what's your real name and tell me about your real self which is so funny because like you don't owe them anything and there's like Mm -hmm. no i feel like there's no other environment where that would even matter you know but because there's already this like setup expectation that you're kind of giving a a fantasy version of yourself Mm -hmm. they immediately want to know that like they they want that special little gem that's hidden inside you that is like your all your personal information they're like oh because you're hiding that like i want access and yeah i feel like that is like one of the most commonly asked questions is when you introduce yourself they ask you oh yeah but what's your real name you're like well i wouldn't have a fake name if I wanted to give you my real name, like, yeah, and like it, it's going to be the same interaction. Like uh, me and Ember yeah. just had a conversation with two guys about this last week. They were like, yeah, but we just care about like real genuine interactions. I was like, well, well I am being myself. Yeah. You just don't need to know my real name. Well, what does it really matter? We would never do anything. And I told them this story and I was like, this is why we have fake names because yeah. it helps to protect us. And they were like, oh, well, that makes more sense. That's crazy. But like, we would never do that. And I'm like, well, I might've met this person and thought they would never do that. Like, yeah. You're like what does it fucking matter? You. I don't know. Exactly. You. Yeah. When people are like, I, I would never do that. That would never be me. Blah, 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 blah. You're like, well, Steve, I've known you for 10 minutes. I don't know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, or the so worst we- is when guys are like, well, then I'll give you a fake name. And you're like, and I okay, said, great, cool. Yeah. Give me a fake Whatever name. Whatever you want me to call you. Exactly. That's what I'll call you. Who cares? Well, after this like whole thing happened, I was talking to like some of the other girls that I work with and they were like, well, what are you, you know, like going to do to keep yourself like safe? Like, what are you, you know, what, how are you going to like change the way that you're like interacting at the club? Mm-hmm. And I have been like more particular, like I, I don't know. I really have just been trying not to give out my number to anybody. Cause like, even though I like, building those like regulars and like building those relationships and stuff like so that they're profitable for me. I also feel like, I, I don't know. I, it, it has made me like pause. Yeah. And this is like the second time that I've had like a, I mean, this is definitely like a more mild version than the time before, but right before COVID there was someone that I gave my number to who like, was very strange in the club the night after I gave him my number because he came in three other times and I thought it was just because he was really drunk. Yeah. Who, but then, you know, we closed the bar down. That was the last time I saw him. Well, not the last time I saw him, but the time I saw him before he got really like, like before it got to a stalking level, the last night that we were open before COVID, Mm. he texted me every single day for like a month to no response for the three months that we were closed during COVID, the bar, he was messaging me at least once a week. And it was all really weird stuff. Like, like, you know, that we belong together. You know, that like, I'm the only guy you've ever met that has like the, a dick that's the right size for you. That has like the, the career that has the, the, you know, this, this, this. And I just was like, what the fuck? Cause we literally had done one lap dance yeah. or three lap dances. We went in like three and he was like, well, I want to come back and see you. And I was like, well, sure. Text me when you know, you want to come. I'll let you know what my schedule is. And this is, that was our entire interaction. And it ended up being like just crazy. And it was those messages, just message me back. Like, you know, don't be afraid. Like, you know, did it, I want to help you escape this life that you're like living. Oh my God. And the last message that he, well, he sent, and then at the time I owned like a business in the town that I live in. The day that I reopened that business after COVID, because I hadn't responded to him at all. I got a message that said, I'm moving to your town like next month. I know where you work and I know oh where God. you live. Maybe I'll see you around. Holy and shit. I had never told him like anything about me. Like yeah. it was so fucking weird. And he like, so after that I called the police, I made like a report. Obviously they're not going to do anything until like he's assaulted me or something. Right. And I saved all these messages. 
I messaged him back and was like, you know, absolutely. If I see you at any point, any time, like absolutely do not approach me. Like this is not okay. You're like stalking me. I've reported to the police. It devolved into like him arguing with me about how like I would, I, I think that he only deserves to like date someone who's like fat and retarded. And I was like, what the fuck? Like nobody said, like, where is this coming from? Like, that's a, that's a you fear, not a me saying anything like that he was like then he's like personally attacking me about how I'm dumb and I don't know all this stuff it was just like he's like well I'm gonna tell oh you reported to the cops we'll all tell the cops that you propositioned me and that you're like a prostitute and I was like okay whatever like it was just a whole mess he came into the bar after the bar reopened for COVID like two or three different times Mm -hmm. I told them that he should not be allowed in on the third time, they finally listened to me, the bouncers, like security, because oh, nice. he kept following me around the bar to be like, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. I just oh want to talk God. to you. You got off on the wrong foot. I just want to talk to you. And he kept trying to give me money. And I was like, I don't want money from you. Don't talk to me. Don't come near me. Finally, on the third time that he came in, I wasn't actually there. It was a different girl that I'm friends with who knew about it. He did the same thing to her. He did a few dances with her. She was like, he seemed normal. I gave him my number because he wanted to come back and see me. And the entire next week, it was the same type of messages and him just being super creepy. And then they finally printed a picture of him and like blocked him and took, and then and he tried to come in another time and they took him outside and said, you're not allowed in here. And he stood outside the bar screaming, Darby thinks I'm crazy. She said all this stuff. She made it up. That's not true. I didn't do any of that. I didn't stalk anybody. Like he was out there like screaming at like 2.30 in the morning because they kicked him out. Well feel like uh, he didn't do himself any favors with that one. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you're super normal, super stable. But, like, that is so crazy. Like, we all know how quickly it can, like, escalate. And it's like, right. you know, you're nice to somebody one time. You think everything is kosher. And then all of a sudden it turns into, like, a thing where you actually could be in danger. And even looking at, you know, like, okay, when I talk to some people about that particular story, the second one, People were like, oh, that doesn't really sound like stalking. He's just like texting you. And I was like, no, like the, no. the, the, the yeah, it's so silly, right? Of course, they're always dudes. Um, so stalkingawareness.org mm-hmm. defines stalking as a pattern of behavior directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for the person's safety or the safety of others or suffer substantial emotional distress. Yeah, I think that, I mean, for me, stalking is just like, if you tell somebody to leave you alone and they don't mm-hmm. and they keep showing up and you keep saying, leave you alone and they don't, I mean, that's, that's all it is, is, is somebody is invading your space when you're asking them not to, and they're going mm-hmm. out of their way to like be around you when you're asking them to leave you alone. And I don't know. I mean, like you were saying, it, it doesn't often, it doesn't get to that point in the club, but there's been so many times when you're with somebody and you think you're having a really great time and you, either over the course of that night, something weird happens or like you had a really great time and then they come in again and something has just shifted in them where they're like all of a sudden really sad, really clingy. Why don't you love me? Why can't you be with me? I thought we had something special. And like, it's so bizarre because you, there's so many times you don't see it coming, you know, when you you're, you feel very comfortable with somebody, like when you see it from the beginning, it's easier to be like, oh, I'm not going to go sit by that person. But it's those people that are like polite and kind and playful that you're like, oh, we're having a great time. You feel very relaxed, very comfortable. And all of a sudden they just start like twisting, mm-hmm. <laughs> twisting everything, you know. I don't understand. And then, and then they start giving you that like sad face. I thought we're supposed to be together. I thought we had something special. Are you just playing me? Are you just using me? And they start trying to get something from you that you're like, we had an agreement Mm -hmm. by you being here. There's an agreement by us going into a lap dance room or me spending time with you and you exchanging money for my services. There's an agreement. And now you're trying to overstep that. And you're trying to use pity. You're trying to use, you know, anger, intimidation, whatever it is to try to get me to do more than I am willing to do. And it doesn't always have to be like sexual. It could be emotionally. 
Like mm-hmm. they want you to give more of yourself and like commit more of yourself than, than the, the agreement had already like decided upon. And I feel like anytime it does that, it's, it's pushing that boundary. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like not stalking you yet, it's like, they're starting that process of like creating that like attachment. And that's like so scary. Cause you're like, we need to like cut this off now. And you don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to just break it off or if they're just going to spiral. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like the guy that you're talking about, like until that happened, there's probably no indicators. It was going to get that intense. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have this person that is just like relentlessly like being in contact with you nonstop. And like, you just don't know like when it's going to be that versus when it's just going to be a sad boy. <laughs> well, and like, they can't do anything about it. I mean, like legally the police like still haven't really figured out like how to deal with like online stalking or like texting or whatever, that there's nothing they can really do until you're like physically assaulted or they do something mm. physically to you, which is really hard. Like as you know, a female, as a sex worker, as someone who like is a part of a vulnerable population, I mean, even just looking at some basic statistics, like, uh, let's see, it shows in from the gender policy report.edu says research shows that sex workers are particularly vulnerable to physical and sexual violence at work. Globally, sex workers have a 45 to 75% chance of experiencing sexual violence on the job. And it has individual sites of sex work in the U S confirm high rates of violence in well, and often from law enforcement is the rest of that sentence. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like you're a part of a vulnerable group. You know, that like, that just like this, you know, hit this guy's, I mean, his name was Phil, that Phil is saying, Oh, I'm going to just tell the police that you're a prostitute. He knows he can use that against you. He knows that he, that that's his like manipulation tactic and they can't do anything about it. And like, it's just like, you're just kind of on your own. And even when we're thinking about, you know, the ways that we keep ourselves safe, like our club, you know, that, well, that I work at, the you sometimes work at, right? Like they walk us to our cars at night. Yeah. Most of the bouncers like make sure that your car is turned on and you drive away before they, they leave. It's like, I'm always checking the rear view mirror. Like who is behind yeah. me? I have had situations where I've, mm-hmm. I'm almost sure someone's following me home. It's like you take an extra lap around the block. Like, I mean, some girls carry guns or pepper spray. I mean, mm-hmm. there's tons of stuff. There was even an incident in Philadelphia just what was it a few months ago that was going off on a bunch of like the stripper chat rooms. They're talking about a guy. This was what I think it was last year who was yeah. following girls home from strip clubs, beating them, robbing and raping them. And he got to yeah. like six girls before they finally caught him. This is so scary. It's so scary because I mean, like you're saying, you don't have to just be afraid of, of the people who push those boundaries, who break those laws, who, you know, uh, are attacking sex workers, but then how is it handled Mm -hmm. by law enforcement? It's like, it's such a complex issue because so many times it's just not taken seriously until it's too late, which is, you know, like what you, what you see with like, why, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but it's like, why Serial killers choose sex workers because mm-hmm. they know they can get away with it a lot easier than, you know, it's like, oh, are you going to kill this middle class woman? And people are going to probably start, you know, searching for them immediately. Or are you going to kill some some sex workers who are working on the street who probably no one's going to care about? They're going missing for a while until it starts really adding up. And then maybe something will start to happen about it. Yeah. And heaven forbid if those are like, you know, people of color. Or people yeah. that are trans who like those, or they're definitely undocumented or undocumented. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And they're getting just systematically murdered by crazy people and evil people. And it's just like, and no one fucking gives a shit. And it just is so yeah. frustrating. But that was my little stalking story. And I did want to put some resources out because I know that obviously it's happening to me. It's happening to a bunch of other people. And I know that my stories are like, super light compared to like other people's situations, but the stockingawareness.org spark for short, they do have a lot of information resources, like different things about like what even counts as stalking, like how to create like an assessment and risk profile, 
like safety planning strategies. They've got a bunch of free resources on their website. And what I looked from what I saw, it was like some of the best that I had seen. And I guess Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to ask you, like when you think about your safety, like what do you feel like are the things that you like, Oh, I don't know. What are you always thinking about with your safety when you're doing like anything within the umbrella of sex work? Yeah, I think definitely for me, like the times that I've felt most nervous about my safety was when I was doing like sugar dating Mm -hmm. because there's like this certain level of vulnerability. You're like going to meet somebody in like a secondary location. And even though like, you know, you're going through platforms that you feel are I mean, they're not, it's not even vetted is the right word, but you feel like they're for a certain type of person. You're still just kind of hoping that everything mm-hmm. goes well. And there's just de- definitely been moments where I was either nervous or was like thinking like, if I was in trouble, how would I get out of this? You know, because it's just a safe thing to think about. Like, you know, there's, there's so many situations where if it went wrong, there's like nothing I could do to protect myself. Um, So for me, and I know that like we did this before, like when we've gone and done bachelor parties or when you've gone and done bachelor parties is, you know, checking in with somebody, Mm -hmm. even if you just like, I know like sometimes that's hard to do every time, especially if you're going to like a secondary location, just that somebody knows like where you're going and what you're doing. Uh, I just think that that is so so nice that there's like some sort of um, there's some sort of like reassurance that somebody knows where you are and that if you're not checking in by a certain time or whatever, even if it's just like, I'm going to leave around this time and I'll just text you saying I'm on my way home. You know, it's just nice to know that somebody knows where you're where you're going. Yeah, that is something that I definitely like helped me when I was sugaring is no matter like whether it was like just going to see a movie or whatever with somebody, like I always felt like I had, like I was doing check-ins and that made me Mm -hmm. feel safer in my environment. But I mean, even, even in that, you know, there's times when there's, there's always like, I think moments where you're still like in the back of your head, you can like feel that teeter totter. You're like, this could be fine or this could go really bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've done enough of like the mental math and like the 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 checklist that this is going to be in the fine direction. But if I've miscalculated, it could go really wrong. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of scary. Because yeah, if somebody really world. wants to hurt you, like if they're yeah. set on it, then they, pro- they probably will. Yeah. But yeah. Like, okay, for one of my sugar dates, they wanted to go on a hike, you know, and we were out like hiking in the mountains. And I trusted this person. I'd gone on a lot of dates with him before and he was like really sweet and I really liked him, but like who fucking knows, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and who knows what, like if, if he really had ill intentions, it's very different versus if he's going on a date with a woman, you know, in a normal circumstance, like how people are going to react versus being like, Oh, well, I was paying for services from this young woman. And then she went missing, you know, like just the way that it's going to be approached from mm-hmm. the public's like point of view from the, uh, uh, from the like justice system, everything is is going to be very, very, very different. And I think a, a lot more is kind of like forgiven or kind of like brushed off, like, you know, it's like if you find out somebody dies who's in a gang, you're like, oh, that's sad. But, you know, they were kind of asking for it because they were in a gang. It's yeah, kind of like that mindset. Like if you, you're if like, you have an at-risk lifestyle, then... Right, like you already kind of know, like you're, you're, you're you know, he was, he came from a poor background. He was getting involved in drugs. I mean, it's sad, but things mm-hmm. happen. You know, like that, that rhetoric is what's yeah, so well, dangerous. Obviously she shouldn't have gone hiking with that guy. Well, if yeah, she like, was having, if she was sugaring for money and, yeah, you, know, you know, then, we, then just, you know, we don't know about, you know, what else she was doing, the state of mind she was in, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's very true. It's yeah. Very true. And I might have told this story before, but we only went on one date. It was my very first sugar date. 
And like I should have known just right off the bat, it was weird because he wanted to take me to get fast food. So it oh should have been gosh. like- Oh my gosh, I do remember this story. Yeah, and he was and didn't like- Didn't he like, didn't you guys go to In-N-Out Burger? Yeah, we went to In-N-Out Burger. Oh and I was just gosh. like, it was my very first time doing sugaring. And I was kind of just like, let's just see what this is like. And after I did that, I was like- so this is not, this is not <laughs> what you do. This is not the experience I'm looking for. And after that, it definitely changed. It was like, I want to take you to this like great concert. I want to take you to these nice restaurants. I don't know. I was like, okay, this was the experience I was looking for. Not like, okay, we're going to go to In-N-Out Burger and I'm going to treat you to a shake and a fry. I'm just like, cool. Well, then and then like- super weird. Like he wanted like you to like, like, didn't he want, like, a girlfriend experience, but, like, he, he wanted, wanted it full... for, like, a $100? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, like, was like, can I text you sometimes? And I was like, you can text me sometimes. And this was such a great, it was such a great introduction to set, learning how to set boundaries because I very quickly realized what I want and what I don't want and what it's going to cost, you know, mm -hmm. the different things. And this guy hit none of those. And he like wanted a lot of attention. He wanted a lot of interaction. He needed a lot of reassurance and he could pay like, you know, in and out wages. So we were not into that. And he's like, can I text you tomorrow? And I said, you can text me tomorrow, but I do work all day. So I probably won't get back to you till later. You know, I work during the daytime. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. So I get home and he already is texting me. Red flag. But, you know, I thought, you know, if at the end of a day, night or a date, if someone says like, thanks, I had a great time. I mean, I've definitely had people do that since. Like, thank you, had a great time. And you're like, you're welcome. You know, because they're coming down from the high and they want to mm -hmm. like reach out. That's fine. Whatever. Well, I go to work. I have a full shift. And I get off and it's like a normal day job. I look at my phone and I have like 35 text messages from him. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, hi, how are you? I miss you. I hope you're having a great day. Hey, we should meet up later. Oh, da, da, da. Oh, you're not responding. Oh, that's so weird. Do you not want to talk to me? I really wish you'd talk to me. I can't believe you're not talking to me. Seriously, I thought we had something. Okay, well, I understand. And then he's like going through anger. And then from anger, he's going back into like apology. I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. <laughs> like, I just, I just really had such a great time last night. It was just so wonderful. I really felt like we like had a connection. Please let me know. Okay, now I'm now I'm really worried again. Like, can you just not even say anything? Because where I was working, you left your like you had you couldn't have your phone on the floor, so you just like left it in your bag, and so that's what I did. <laughs> and then I came back at the end of my shift, and it was this whole emotional roller coaster, like five missed calls, voice messages, million texts, and I just I listened to his voice message. It sounded the exact same as his phone calls, just going through a range of emotions. And I just so kindly texted him. I was like, I actually had a really great time last night. I was at work. Like I told you I would be, I just got off to see all of this. I don't think I can give you what you need. I hope you find that in somebody else. And I blocked him. And then he started calling and texting me from a friend's phone and trying to like FaceTime me and oh all of these God. things. And this was over the course of one day, one date where we had hamburgers. And that was it. Oh my I, God. Like nothing happened. And he was like, I just think I'm in love with you, blah, 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 blah. And I, I was like, I can't even right now. I can't even. And uh, he like texted me from a friend's phone. And then I just said like, this is inappropriate. I'm going to block you again. Please do not reach out. You know, I, I thought we had a nice time, but this has destroyed that. So that is, that is on you, sir. And uh, although honestly, I probably wouldn't have gone out with him again because what psycho. he needed emotionally, even if he hadn't done that, I could tell what he needed emotionally versus what I needed monetarily was just not going to not going to mesh. Yeah. 
I don't need somebody to buy me a hamburger. (laughs) You know, that is not why I'm doing this. And there are some people who are fine with that. And that's great. That meets like the, 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 the value of their service. Like whatever you're willing to give in exchange is fine. This guy, I hope he found somebody who like fit him perfectly, you know, but Jesus Christ, that was not me. And luckily I didn't hear from him again, but there was a time that I got back on um, essay seeking arrangements and I was changed my photo and everything. I just like had like a little moment where I wasn't working and I thought like, oh, maybe I could try sugaring again. I got on just for like a brief moment. I had like a different name. I had a different photo. I like, and it was like not an obvious picture of my face. Cause then once somebody um, friends you, you can friend them back and then give them access to your photos. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh I can kind of like make sure like before they just like can see everything. You can like make certain photos invisible or like not accessible. Um, But like I got on there again and he must have like read my profile, even though I had a different name. And he reached out. He's like, hey there, Charlie. It's nice to see you again. And I was just like, nope, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm good. I'm going to do something else now. I just yeah. got off. But freak. I mean, going back to like what you were saying, like doing it locally can also be mm. like it's not that big of a world when you're doing certain things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it can feel so, so small. Like when you and I very first started dancing, we drove like an hour from where we live to go dance because that was where the only good club was, but it was also nice because it was kind of removed from our day-to-day life. But we still ran into people. I remember when we I got on stage and there was people. people. Yeah, I was a res- I was a, a an RA for my university and there were kids from the first floor that came in and I was like, oh, this is really weird. And they yeah. didn't recognize me, so it was fine, but. That's good, but, yeah. but I can't even imagine. Can you, can you even think about what it would've been like if we would've stayed in our hometown? Oh, fuck no. I mean, fuck and no. Dance, Especially because, like, where we grew up, like... Everybody like, knew everybody. Yeah. It would have been like, terrible. Oh, the it would have been horrible. And maybe that would be the same if we, like, grew up... like Where I mean, we live any, now. Yeah, exactly. Like, anywhere that you grow up, and, and, like, and I feel like you just kind of end up knowing so many more people. But, yeah, yeah like, I don't want, like, like my math teacher or my ex-boyfriends or my ex-boyfriend's friends or my friend's brothers to, like, come into yeah. my job. Like, I absolutely do not. And... I have friends that have other jobs, like um, one girl dances with me, but she also is a medical assistant at a jail. And she sees people from the bar that come in that were arrested. And so she wears a face mask all the time because she's like, I don't want them to know that I also work here or, you know, whatever. And I think it's hard with like, okay, so we're talking about just like physical place, but also like the internet is making the world so much smaller. Yes. And like Google face recognition and like the Mm -hmm. metaverse and like all this stuff. And like, you know, now it's like to have your accounts verified and and different things that you can do that people want to do to be like legitimized. But also for those of us that are trying to maintain like different identities, like or different spaces where we exist, where like, yeah, it's easier to communicate online to like your audience. Right. But like, okay, I have my private life and I have my work life. And it's like Mm -hmm. not the same thing as like, someone who's like my work life, I'm an attorney and my private life, I'm a mom. And so they post different things on those different spaces. But if someone who like used their attorney services and then like found their personal profile was like, Oh, that's pictures of her kids. Like, that's nice. Like, Oh, now I know what her husband looks like. Like, yeah, maybe a little creepy, but it's not the same as like, I don't want anyone to know that I have kids or that I am married. I don't want anyone to like, know that like I like my what my parents look like I don't want anyone to know that like my the car I drive or like the events that I'm doing or like all the different things that people that work in sex work like have to do because you want to keep things separated like I don't want people to know and part of it is not even that like it's a secret secret like 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 I don't know like I'm trying to hide my my life necessarily as much as like, I want to have spaces that are just for me. I want to have spaces that are just for 
my personal circle of people and that I don't want to talk about, you know, the guys I'm dating or like the personal things that are going on in my life that I might want to share with my friends and family online with the people that I see at the club. Totally. But like the online is where we socialize, right? You could say, okay, they just don't have social media, but it's like, okay, I'm an artist. Social media is one of the ways that I market myself. So I can't not have it. It's yeah. like, well, then don't have social media for your dancing. It's like, okay, yes, but I have to like, like communicate with people somehow on like when they yeah. want to know when I'm going to be at work because that helps me like monetarily. And like, it's just hard to do both. And I don't know if it's really going to be possible yeah. as technology gets better. And so I don't know like what safety tips or like how to, I mean, aside from like not posting your face, which I know. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard for those of us that aren't out to our families, like what we're up to, um, to do everything. But yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's one reason that we have been so anonymous with our podcast is just mm-hmm. because, because yeah, I mean, as AI continues to get better and, and you just don't know, like, the future implications, we just don't know what they could be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already so hard to hide anything online. Um, Also, while you were talking about that, I was thinking how, in addition to everything you said, there's like so many people who act like they want to know, but then once they find out, they're disappointed. Mm -hmm. Because they, they really do want, not everybody, but I found that there's like so many people who like want to know so much more about you but then, but then there's like that line, not always, but I've had so many people be like, do you have a boyfriend? 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 I just want to know. I just want to know. And then if you're like, yeah, they're like, oh, well then I'm not interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, like, like a we could have cer- just had fun though. Yeah. There's like a certain level, I think of disconnection, even though, even if they know you in your personal life and in your dance life, you're still a different person in your dance life, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that there is something that is like special and different and unique and mysterious about that person. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's less with like long-term customers, but I feel like for a lot of those like short-term people who like want to know so much more about you, so much of the time, if they find out you have kids or a boyfriend or, you know, anything that doesn't fit their idea of like what is sexy and attractive, all of a sudden they're like, oh, actually, you're not as hot as I thought you were or you're not as desirable as I thought you were because mm. it's actually these facts that I find desirable and these facts that I don't. And when I started to ask you questions, I found out things in both categories and now I don't like you anymore. You're like, isn't it easier for me just to stay as a more simplified version of myself or this environment than being like a full three-dimensional person? Because that just doesn't fit into this environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I mean, even when I've ran into people, like if people have come from like the club environment and like randomly ended up being somewhere where I'm at, I go into like that mode or that like space where I like try to just like be more vague or I try to just like simplify things because like it's just but I don't know I also kind of think that it's like a privilege that everyone should have at work but that like because we're involved in sex work and like selling intimacy and stuff like that it doesn't seem to be extended to us in the same way because like my parent parents for example like my mom is an attorney and when she was at work she was the work version of herself she wasn't talking about like drama within the family or like issues that her and I were having when I was growing up or like those things that like are personal and private she didn't have like a bunch of pictures of us like all over her office because she was like that's my family this is work like I'm trying she's a big fan of boundaries and I just think it's like a lot of people have different versions of themselves you're still yourself it's not that you're being fake it's just that this is my boundary for when I'm like at work and I even had a guy who was like well I just want to be your friend on Facebook because I want to see pictures of you and I was like no he's like but it's just for pictures like it's not for anything else I'm like no and he's like well why I said because 
my mom is on there. My parents are on there. And so you don't need to see pictures of me and my family. Right. Like, that's not a space for you. You can come and see me here. You don't yeah. need to see me in that space. And he was like, oh, I didn't think about like that your family and stuff would be on there. And it's like, what, you just right. thought it was a bunch of like headshots of like me, just <laughs> selfies? Like what the fuck? Like, it, <laughs> may, I mean, maybe some people's Facebook is like that, but it's like, no, that's yeah. like private. Like, I don't need you to see where I went to fucking high school. Right. Like, right. so weird. Well, like you're saying that, that sense of like in any other job, the sense of like a professional boundary, you know? There's definitely jobs where I'm like, I don't feel comfortable asking them about their dating life or their married life because I don't feel like we know each other well enough yet that I mm-hmm. don't feel like it's okay for me to start prying. Oh, you're single? Oh, how long have you been single? Tell me more about that. It's like, you don't you don't need to know that. Like, you don't know them on that level. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if you guys get to know each other after, ta- after a long period of time, that can come up. But there's so much in like a normal professional environment of like how you deal with your coworkers or other people. But mm-hmm. Because of the intimacy, I think people just kind of like throw that one to the wind. They just think mm-hmm. like, oh, well, your boobs are in my face, so I should be able to get to know anything I want to know about you. Or, or like you took my money. Incorrect. I yes. paid you for this. Like, well, I've known you for, for four years or, well, yeah, but da, 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 da. And you're just like, yeah, I get it. But also... I get to say no and it doesn't have to be like, I like, don't make me, I'm always just like, don't make me be a bitch. Like, don't make me yeah. be mean. Like I'm trying to tell you in a really nice way, just like, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that or I don't want to talk about that. Like I have this person that like, we have a lot of similar interests and I think that like, they think that because we've known each other, he's been in my customer for a very long time that like, that means like kind of like what you said that he's entitled to certain information or that he can ask me like questions. And if I don't feel comfortable asking, answering, it's always like really awkward. Like, yeah. and he always asks me like how my parents are doing, like, cause he knows that my dad, like he caught me on like a weird day. And like, I did mention that like my dad had been sick. And so now that was like three years ago. Yeah. Now, every day, every time I see him, he's like, how's dad? And I always want to be like, how's my dad? Uh, well, he doesn't know that I'm here having a cocktail with you in a hot pink bikini on a Friday night. Like what? What the? Like, I don't fucking talk about my You're fucking like, dad. Oddly enough, that's not the headspace I'm in right yeah, now. Like, how's your daughter? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, and then, like, like, aren't we around the same age? Like, are you? Do you feel weird now? Like, it's it's just so weird. And then, like, he always wants to bring up because he knows about like my art shows and stuff. Like, he knows that I do art, and all, and I try to always pivot our conversation away from like how's dad to like my art stuff because that's like more neutral ground, right? And he, in like the last one that I did, he was like, well, how are your prints selling? Like, how are they selling? How many have you sold? And I just like got so irritated because I was like, I know that you think that you're like being supportive or like whatever, because you also like do the art thing. But like, I'm not going to talk to you about like my, the business of my art, my art business or whatever with you in this environment, in this capacity. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just was so mad about it. And I was like, I don't know, it's fine. And he was like, well, me, but like, and like now it's like, are you selling? Are you selling? I'm like, right, I'm not right now. I'm trying to sell you my tits. Like, can we just focus on that? Like, I don't want to talk about like fucking art. Cause like some days I feel great about it. Some days I don't like, but right. I don't even know. Like, what do you talk about with someone for like six years? Like after a certain point, you're just like trying to grab anything. Cause like my jokes of how I knit and just read. And that's all I do. I mean, like I can't do that for six years. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's just hard, but did you hear the one? Did you hear the one about the the book? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> hear that exactly. one. He's like, oh, I've yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> heard it. Yeah, heard it. Yeah, it's just tough. But you know, just everybody, just stay safe, and you just gotta keep your. You know, we'll have to talk more about boundaries in a future episode. But it's just like you know, keep your boundaries and and stay safe and do the things that make you feel that make you feel safe, make you feel good. And don't let anybody, you know, weasel their way in and wear your face. Yeah. And never, never feel like you're being, I don't know, too cautious. Yeah. Never, never. Always, always double check, always triple check, do whatever you need Mm -hmm. to feel good. And if something doesn't make you feel comfortable, don't do it. Like there'll all be, there'll always be another customer. 
Like if there's something that they want or something that you feel uncomfortable with, don't feel guilty saying no. Yeah. Don't feel obligated just because they have money. Cause not all money is, uh, is meant to be made or is worth it to make. Yeah. And like always tried, you know, to use your girl gang or like your, your, your sex work group, like, or support person or whatever it is to like be there for you as, like you said, a check-in person or like someone that you can track your location or whatever you need to do to make sure if you think someone's following you, take the time to make an extra loop around a couple of blocks. Like it's always better to be safe than sorry. And don't yeah. ever brush something off. If it like, just like you said, Charlie, if something makes you uncomfortable, listen and trust your instincts. And that's what I saw the most on like some of these like stalking, like awareness sites was it was like, if in your gut, it's telling you that this is not okay. And this is making you feel unsafe. Listen to that and don't brush it off as like, I'm just being paranoid. They were a really nice yeah. person. They wouldn't, they not the type of person that they are. If your reaction is telling you that, listen to that because you're better safe than sorry. And most likely, most likely you're probably right. Yeah. And even if they're not doing anything that makes you, that that's not like physically dangerous it's the way that people can impact your day-to-day -day life just by getting in your head or like making you feel shitty or making you feel slimy or like you know what I mean like that mm -hmm. that can be just as important to like take care of your mental state because it's it can be such a draining job and if you're like this person even though they're not doing anything like technically wrong every time I'm around them I feel like mm -hmm. disgusting and drained and terrible afterwards that's I mean dude that's that's just as bad that's that you don't need somebody who's who's a who's a energetic vampire sucking you dry because you're just uh you're gonna come out of your night feeling horrible it's gonna take you time to recover the next day and like that's just gonna cause burnout and that's not that's not what you want exactly well thank you guys so much for joining us today on our episode keep yourself safe and in the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can always find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. And if you'd like to email or call us with an antidote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes we're currently researching. Send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, babesofvalhalla.com, where we have our links to our podcast episodes. We have some cute merchandise and a whole little tab that you can click to submit a story so yeah head over let us know and uh until next time stay nasty babes of valhalla is written and produced by the babes of valhalla otherwise known as your illustrious lieges darby and charlie music provided by the musical genius gemini genesis